Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play Podcast. Uh, again, here as always, Leo, as we continue to break down football. How you doing? Yo, I'm good, I'm good. How you doing? It's Friday. I feel good. It's Friday. The weekend's it's... here. I'm like three hours away from closing everything down and doing my thing. You feel me? Look, I'm, I'm on the same trajectory. I'm hoping that I don't get a ring from any higher-ups that I need to do something before they leave or whatever. Uh, but that's what I'm trying to dodge. Uh, we are going to continue our breakdown of the NFL as we venture into the NFC West. Uh, a lot of interesting things about this division. Perhaps one of the most exciting divisions when you project it into the uh, next 10 years, truthfully, uh, when you're looking at uh, coaches uh, and young talent. Uh, so this is going to be an exciting breakdown. Uh, there's a lot of variation here uh, and, and a lot of trendy picks, and we'll cover all that. But let me start with this. When we break down these teams, uh, we break down the head coach. We break down the offensive talent, the defensive talent. Offensive talent is minus the quarterback. So this is skill position, offensive line combined into one. Then we break down the quarterback and we take a look at the Vegas win-loss projections. So let's start with the head coaches. And for the head coaches, I have a very interesting question for you. Who right. do you think gets fired first, Pete Carroll or Cliff Kingsbury? Oh, that's a good one. I would say that the hmm, who gets fired. I'm gonna go with Cliff Kingsbury, and I'm only gonna go with him because uh, he's coming off a five and ten, five ten and one season. Uh, if for whatever reason they don't take a step forward this season, the the seat's gonna get a little hot on him. Uh, for Pete Carroll, they've been consistent. I mean, they're not in the Super Bowl, but they're right here in your face every year. The Seahawks, they're in the playoffs. They're not missing the playoffs. Like, how much more do you want from him? I, I think Pete Carroll should be safe. Cliff Kingsbury, I can't say his name apparently, uh, should not be safe. So uh, I, I got to go with Kingsbury. Okay, so and this is where this division gets even more interesting, right? Okay, pick one of these two. Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan? Give me Kyle Shanahan. Yep. So you're... I've seen what McVay can do. I, I like McVay. He's cool. But... Uh, I, we've seen Shanahan take two teams to the Super Bowl now. I mean, yep. I guess uh, McVay did it once, Has but won. then scored three points, so whatever. So uh, I, I'll go with Shanahan. I'll take Shanahan as the number one. So here's the interesting thing. Cliff Kingsbury, uh, who I think we're going to end up putting lowest on this totem pole, it has an MVP candidate. Kyler Murray is one of the front runners, which it does not make sense to me, but I, I get the foolishness. I like Kyler Murray, but that's a little bit rich. It is rich, but if people are trying to catch on trends. It's not a trend. Uh, like I said, Lamar and um, Patrick Mahomes were part of playoff teams before they made their MVP runs. Uh, they did not uh, stumble into a 5-10 and 10 team and then take it to a 12-4 and 4 team. So please remember that. Uh, but this division is very interesting when we break down these head coaches because there may not be a more secure head coaching staff then the NFC West. Uh, Sean McVay has been to a Super Bowl uh, in this division. Kyle Shanahan just went to the Super Bowl, and Pete Carroll's won a Super Bowl and been to another. Three of these coaches have been to the Super Bowl. So this is a pretty strong head coaching uh, ranking. Um, for me, my breakdown is as follows. I have Kyle Shanahan as number one. Pete Carroll is number two. Sean McVay is number three. And Cliff Kingsbury is number four. How do you have them? Uh... 
we got some differences in the middle. I, I do have Kyle Shanahan number one. I think it's hard to argue against Kyle Shanahan as number one right now, especially given off the season that they're coming off of. Um, Hot but hand in the dice game. I think that I would take McVay over over Pete Carroll, and okay. this is why. Um, obviously, Pete Carroll, he's won a Super Bowl. He's been to another one. Uh, he's a legend, both college football and NFL. We know that. But if we're just talking about today and this season, <clears throat> I feel like McVay could do more with the roster than, than Pete Carroll could. Like McVay has been fairly successful with Jared Goff, and I don't know if I've given you my opinion on Jared Goff on this podcast mm-hmm. before, but I do not like Jared Goff. Me and you'll either. find out when we get to our quarterback rankings that I think that he's the worst quarterback in the division, and I think he's one of the lower-tier starters in the league. So he's doing a lot with Goff. So I, I got to give McVay the second spot. I'll give Pete Carroll third. Kingsbury hasn't done enough to warrant being higher than the three above him, so he's got to be last. Yep, unfortunately for him. But it is an interesting, uh, you know, when I, lo- I looked at a couple other divisions and we just take a look at other NFC divisions, there's not another division that's more secure in their head coaches. You know, we, you can start at the NFC North, Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears, new head coach uh, in the Packers land, you know, for a year. We could be looking at the Lions and the Bears both firing their head coaches after this year. Um, you skins, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Giants, and skins just hired new coaches, but that could be that could change quickly. Um, and then you know the NFC South: uh, Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Bucks. New coaches, some older coaches, Arians that Arians may not coach for that long. Um, you Dan Quinn could be on the hot seat and gone. I really think when you look forward, Pete Carroll's one of the older head coaches, but the other three teams in this division are very young head coaches that have showed. Uh, I would say that some upside at a minimum. So, let me ask you this: I got a question for you now. What what puts Pete Carroll over McVay for you for the upcoming season? Not all time, obviously. I understand all time, but McVay is making a lot out of a little, and I feel like Carroll's been getting bailed out by Russell Wilson for a little while now. So I I I really do I agree with you. I think that Pete Carroll did get bailed out by Russell Wilson. I think he also got bailed out by an incredible defense and in both merging together. Uh, however, through that is a team that, l- firstly, I think their offensive talent and their offensive side of the ball underachieves for the most part. I do not believe that Pete Carroll maximizes Russell Wilson's ability. I, I just don't see it. Um, they run the ball far too often and too uh, too. Uh, it's almost monotonous the way they run the ball. You know when they're going to run the ball. There's there's not enough flair in their offense to really, really that better drive. change this year. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, that good. better change this year because you got DK Metcalf, you got Tyler Lockett, like you got to use them. Now uh, they have uh, what, what, what's my boy's name from Carolina, Greg Olson. Greg, Greg Olson signed there. Like you got to throw the ball, man. Yeah, I just don't know if they will um, because that's not Pete Carroll's style. He liked the Marshawn Lynch, and I think that. Uh, the reason why uh, I like uh, Pete Carroll over McVeigh is I think McVeigh, while he, he put together a great offense around golf, and I totally understand that, the failure to recognize the weaknesses of your team and clean them up between the Super Bowl and the next season, they, they just didn't get any better. And I always have a problem with that. And I think it's it's not just a front office. It's a head coaching. They've made a lot of, in my opinion, bad trades. The Jalen Ramsey trade is terrible. Um, two yeah, firsts. 
And, and so when I look at all this and you go, well, that's the front office. It's not Sean McVay. And I go, Sean McVay had a piece of that. Don't get me wrong. Sean McVay has a lot of pull. So if he went into that front office and said, if you trade for Jalen Ramsey, you can kiss me goodbye. I will not re-sign here. They don't sign for Jalen Ramsey. Period. I can agree with that. Yeah. So I, I don't believe in the, um, you know, oh, well, that was a front office piece. You're a head coach. You have some control. I don't like those moves. I do not believe Pete Carroll has maximized Russell Wilson. But I don't think Sean McVay has maximized the totality of the Rams. And I think you've now looking at the Rams team from two years removed to the Super Bowl, and they've steadily decreased in talent every year. Uh, and this year they've lost a lot of pieces again. They they didn't have top top round draft pick to replace them. You know, and they still haven't signed Jalen Ramsey to a long-term deal. So I really think that those things weigh heavier on Sean McVay. I think Sean McVay could get hired for, there if he got fired right now, there would be someone lining up to pick him up. So, uh, you know, I and I think the same with Pete Carroll, but uh, I think Pete Carroll has a team that's more conditioned to go deeper in the playoffs right now. And a big part of that is Russell Wilson, but... Through injuries, that that team is still prepared and does put a winning product on the field, which we didn't see out of the Rams last year. Okay, I, I can respect that. I have more to say about the uh, uh, about the Rams when we get to the quarterback, but uh, we can move on for now. All right, let's slide it down. Uh, offensive talent uh, for me, the team with the most offensive talent, and this is this is interesting for me. Because the best offensive line is the 49ers, and it's not close in this division. Hands down, easily. But the best skill positions by far are in Arizona. So I have. I thought that that's what you were going to go with. Yep. I thought that that's what you were going to say. Arizona is my number one. That offensive power from Kenyon Drake to DeAndre Hopkins is elite, elite level talent. So I have the Cardinals number one for what they bring to the skill positions. I know that goes against. Uh, you know how to build a football team, but I don't think their line is that much, that horrible that it that it, it decreases from what they have on the outside. Then I have the 49ers, Seahawks number three for me. Number four is the Rams. I I don't know where you're replacing your cabinet, you know. Uh, and I go back to the whole, you know, go to when they won the Super Bowl, go to mid year when they win the Super Bowl. They've got three wideouts that are all B pluses. They've got a great offensive scheme. They've got Todd Gurley, who's cooking. Todd Gurley gets hurt. Brandon Cooks is gone. Todd Gurley's now gone. Have they replaced either one of them? My answer is no. So, uh, you know. Oh, hold on now. I mean, they did draft a dude from Florida State in the second round, Cam Akers. So we'll see if he pans out. But Bingo. they've at least attempted to replace Gurley. Right. So, you know, I, I, my point is, have they replaced him? To me, the answer right now is if you go yes or no, it's no. We had, okay. you know, Todd Thanks. Gurley was a fringe MVP candidate, uh, you know, elite level, looking like a Hall of Fame uh, running back for years. Uh, for you know, had a really good three-year, four-year stretch, and now, you know, who are you, are you replacing him with? You know, someone at that level, maybe, but we haven't seen that. Who are you replacing Brandon Cooks with? So you're going to go with the oft-injured. Um, uh, darn it! Who's they got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper and Cooper Cup. I I just mix their names up into a horrible blend. Uh, Cooper Cup's injured a lot. We'll see what happens there. I, I just for a quarterback that I, neither of us really like, I don't see it. So how do you got it? I have it. 
not too different from yours, but I have the 49ers first. Okay. Because I think that the 49ers offensive line is so much better than the rest of the division that, I, you know, it's hard for me to even really put too much stock in the other positions when they're yeah. ahead and above everyone else on the line. They are. They also have either one or number two tight end in the league with George Kittle. Um, I like Debo Samuel. I think he had a good rookie year last year. They drafted uh, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, I believe. And so they have weapons. They have the coach to use them. I like the 49ers' skill positions the best. Uh, Next, I would go with the Cardinals. If the Cardinals had a better offensive line, I'd be more inclined to give them that first spot because they have all the the weapons. You know, Fitzgerald still has some in the tank. Uh, Christian Kirk looked promising last year when he had a good quarterback. Um, now they have DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the league, probably the best set of hands in the league. Kenyon Drake looked insane. Chase Edmonds still looked good. Like they, they have players. So if they can fix that offensive line, they would shoot up the list for me. Uh, but I, as a matter of fact, I'd give them the second spot. It wouldn't be a big rise if they did fix the line. Yeah. Uh, Third, I'll give it to Seattle. Uh, I like DK Metcalf. I like Tyler Lockett. I like Greg Olson. Um, Chris Carson's good. And then the Rams are last because Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. How excited am I supposed to get about that? And their <laughs> offensive line last year was decimated as well. They they lost Roger Saffold to the Titans. They, they've lost a couple pieces. So I, the Rams, they got to be on the bottom for me. Yeah, I, I the Rams have really fallen from grace, and this is where for Sean McVay, how well do you rebuild the team? How well are you coaching the backups? That's what we're going to see. Uh, let's jump into defensive talent. Um, go ahead and lead us off. I think our lists are going to be very similar. You got to go 49ers yep. first, right? Yep. Got to. I mean, they're, they're elite damn near everywhere on the defense. Uh, Nick Bosa looks like he's going to be a cornerstone forever until he decides to stop playing football. Uh, they got they got linebackers. They got defensive line. What don't they have? You know, their safeties might be a little a little questionable, but even then. Um, next, I'm going to go with, I don't, I don't like any of the other three defenses left, honestly, nope. but I guess I'll go with the Seahawks second, cause they've proven that they can play defense when they want to. And the Rams and Cardinals, I, I don't like either of their defenses. I don't really care that the Rams, you know, they have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and that's fine, but it didn't stop them from giving up a bunch of points last year. So I'm going to go 49ers. Seahawks, Rams, and then Cardinals. Because the Cardinals, they, they gave up 442 points last year, which was far and away the most in the division. Yeah. Uh, I, I Look, I, I the only reason why I put the, Seahaw- the, uh, for, the Rams over the Cardinals, the Cardinals have two really good pieces, Patrick Peterson and uh, Chandler Jones. Great pass rush, great corner. But I think Jalen Ramsey's better than Patrick Peterson. I think Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle in the NFL. So, uh, you know, for me, that's the only reason. And those are the only two real bright spots on those teams. For, for me, for me they're, they're, you know, when you go, hey, I'm game planning, those are the only two you game plan with or against. So uh, I, I have the same exact list as you. Uh, jumping. Yeah, I think with the defense, is pretty straightforward in this division. Yeah, I, I, it's 49ers, and then there's a gap. And that's so that, to me, is why a team like the Cardinals is really going to struggle making this up because while their offensive talent is there, they, they don't have a coach that's as good as the other coaches. 
they lack a defense that's even on the same playing field as the uh, as as the top of their division. So you're basically asking a second year quarterback, can he overcome having the least experienced coach, possibly the worst head coach in that division? That's not a knock. There's four head coaches, three of them been in the Super Bowl. One of them is one of it. He's the only one that hasn't. And so I go, you know, it's a big jump for the Cardinals to try to make it. Uh, now, and and this this is the spot where the Cardinals. Sh- get a chance to shine uh, when it comes to the quarterbacks for me the quarterback rankings I, I, I think are kind of simple um I have Seahawks Russell Wilson's number one that I think that's undisputed uh number two I, I have Kyler Murray I like Kyler Murray a lot number three I have Garoppolo and number four I have golf and I think that if the Rams are ever going to be competitive they're going to have to move on from golf I agree with you, so I'm not going to rehash your same points. I have the exact same list, but I do have a question for you now that we're at the quarterbacks. So do you think, we were talking about Pete Carroll versus Sean McVay earlier, do you think that if we replaced uh, Jared Goff in Los Angeles with Russell Wilson, is that a Super Bowl team? Uh, No. All right, if you replace... What team is better if you switch the quarterbacks? So here's the problem. The Rams, if you were to go back two years and put Russell Wilson in that Super Bowl, the Rams run away with the Super Bowl and whip the Patriots. They, they, run, they run away with it. Um, so I, the Rams, if the Ram, sorry, if uh, Russell Wilson went to the 49ers, that fucking team would be absolutely terrifying. Oh, no, that's, that's Super Bowl. That's that's, Super Bowl. that's that's a dynasty. Like you're talking dynasty four years, four years, three, two to you're talking about a five year stretch with three Super Bowl appearances and probably two wins. Just just off that core. Like that's your floor if you add Russell Wilson. Um and I think that kind of shows you where your discrepancies are. Um I, I really think that if you took uh Kyler Murray and put him on the 49ers, they would be a way better team. Um I look at those two as my top two by a good chunk. And then I look at, uh, you know, Garoppolo to me is like a Kirk Cousins. If you go out there and say the game's on your shoulders, go get it done, you will come up short. If you go out there and say, hey, manage this game for me, just manage it, he will come through. And and the problem is, in order, you know, it's almost impossible to win with a game manager nowadays. They're fine to make the playoffs and you hope you can get lucky. But they have to, like, uh, be possessed and go on a run, like we saw with yeah. Joe Flacco. Jimmy Jimmy G looked funny in the light in the playoffs last year to me, especially in the Super Bowl, because there were some throws that were there for him. He was behind. He was late. Uh, I like Jimmy G. and I, I consider myself a fan of his, but yeah. he looked real funny in the light when the bright lights came on last year. So I... They, I don't know if I pay them all the money that they're paying them. Yeah, they took a big risk on someone they really didn't know. And look, he was coming off an ACL, so we'll see what he's fully capable of this year. But they've got a coordinator that can make things work. So for him to not, uh, for him to, you know, fall that short, I think it's a, it's a, it's a real, it's a real problem. And I'm starting to see the things that. I saw in golf that I didn't like in Garoppolo, and they could big, strong defense, great running game, good weapons on the outside, but the quarterback can't quite get it done. That is an issue that compounds itself. It does not make itself better. So, you know, for me, it's Kyler Murray's uh, 
coming up behind him, behind Russell Wilson, and I won't say that Kyler Murray's the future because Russell Wilson still is the future. Yeah, no, I, I love Russell Wilson. Yeah, I wish he was on a team that, you know, if you put him with, I, I do agree with you, put him with like Sean McVay or um, uh, Sean McVay or, or Kyle Shanahan, you'd end yeah, up. Give him Andy Reid. Yeah, you you'd know. end up with a more dynamic offense. I don't know how your defense is going to hold up the same because Pete Carroll's a pretty good defensive uh, mind as well as a good a good eye for talent. But that, that's that's how I view it. So, uh Jumping into, do you, do you think that this time next year we're talking about the 49ers getting an out in Jimmy G's contract and drafting a quarterback, or do you think they're going to ride this out? Uh, so here's something crazy. I, I would if if Cam Newton's available, I could see him go in that direction. Oh shit! Put him in an offense that's going to be mobile, give him big lanes, give him to move, and that would be a team that bounces right back. They got the line to keep him clean too. I kind of like that. I I. You know, I would say cap because that seems to be bubbling around. But I, I would expect the 49ers to get a more seasoned person and not go young because they're going to be running up against time here soon. And and they need to – the only thing that prolongs your clock is good rookies. And when you're at the bottom of the draft all the time, it's tough to get good rookies. Uh, and so for me, that's – that's the piece that I I have to keep an eye on is where do they end up in terms of you know deliverables uh, how well do they do so uh, last piece of this uh, that we break down this has been a pretty straightforward division I think um, and, and the Vegas win totals pretty much lay it out as such and uh, it's my favorite part yeah so Let's start with the team with the least amount of wins. Let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. Vegas has them at seven wins. Seven. I hate flush numbers and over-unders. It gives you some push room, but uh, seven. Um, uh, here's the thing. I think seven's exactly what they're going to win. Real quick, I want to walk through their schedule, and then Leo will hear what you think they're, they're going to be at. They've got a soft, soft start to their schedule. They're going to get the 49ers in San Francisco. Probably a punch in the mouth. But if they can catch the 49ers on their back foot, this is where a Kyler Murray run could happen. They will then play the Redskins and the Lions back-to-back -back at home before traveling to the Panthers and the Jets. This could be a 4-1 and one Arizona team early. They get a little shook after. They're going to play in Dallas and then the Seahawks. They'll get a bye right in the middle of their year, week eight. Then they're going to go to the Dolphins and the Bills. I think they're both going to be tough teams this year. But their end of the year is where you're going to see the wheels fall off. At Seattle, at New England, Rams, at the Giants, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and the Rams again. That's just a real tough end of the year uh, going against... Seattle, New England, even though New England won't have Tom Brady, it's still in New England, and they still they maintain that great defense. Uh, you know, the this is where I could see a couple easy wins for them um, with the Redskins, Detroit, Panthers, Jets. There's four that are manageable. Uh, Miami, New England, the Giants. Uh, so there, there's, there's nine winnable games for them, in my opinion, like uh, where they should win. 
Um, so I, 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 but I, I like them to come in at seven. I like seven and nine. They move up from five and 11. So I, I have them at seven this year, right on the nose. So I'm going to go with a push. Okay. I think huh, with the Cardinals, that's tough when you read their schedule out like that. Yep. Um, if I had to put my money on it, I'm probably going under seven, but I think that seven is about right as well. Yeah. Um, and and that's assuming that they win the games that they should win. Yep. You know, I guess we'll see how well they're coached this year. Uh, I mean, we can't use the excuse that Ty- Kyler Murray's a rookie, so we expect results this year. Yep. So uh, let's see. I mean, I think in the best case scenario, they're hovering around 500. Uh, but if if you handed me a stack of money and told me that I had to place a bet, I would go under on seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm right on that line. As we get close to the season, this may be a team that I flip to an eight or nine win team. Uh, but, you know, the schedule's kind of soft. But the thing to keep in mind is that schedule's pretty much the same for all the other teams in that division. Um, the next team up, eight and a half wins for the Rams. Um, I love this under. Uh, walk through the Rams schedule real quick. They are going to go, they're going to start the year with Dallas and Philly back to back. That's just tough. I think both those teams. Sounds like 0 2. Sounds like 0 2. Then, so here's the thing you're going to go, you play Dallas in your home. Then you're going to go to Philly. Then you're going to go to Buffalo. That's just tough. That's across the country for you. Back to back weeks, you're going to stay out there with COVID. Things are going to be very weird. Where are you going to practice? It's just, that's going to be tough for you to figure out. You're going to get a soft spot after that with the Giants and the Redskins. But then you're going to run into San Francisco in San Francisco, Chicago, Miami, Seattle. And then you end the year with Bucks, 49ers, uh, Cardinals, Patriots, Jets, Seahawks, Cardinals again. This, this, is the, this is the tailspin where the Rams and the Cardinals lock into each other and are fighting for that wild card berth. And they just crater both people to the ground. I think under eight is a lock for the Rams. Yeah, the Rams, again, I'm, I'm going to go under on them as well. Uh, I mean, I think I could see them getting to eight. You know, I could see it being a push. But the Rams, they haven't done much to improve the team. You know, no. I feel like at the last two off seasons, we've just seen more pieces go. But we haven't seen that many pieces come in. So uh, I'm not high on the Rams. You know how I feel about the quarterback. I think the rest of the team got a little worse. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go under. Go under. And now we get into the meat of it. We've got the Seattle Seahawks, nine and a half. Seattle schedule, just real quick. Nine and uh, a half. Nine and a half. It's a, Give me the over. I don't even need to hear this. Yeah. Schedule, but go the, ahead. Go ahead and read it. It's now the beginning of the year again. They should be two and one coming out of this. They go to Atlanta. Probably Atlanta is going to be one of the better teams to start the year because they'll be healthy. Uh, they have very, very little depth on the Atlanta Falcons. As the year goes, we see that with them. They start to fall off the wagon. I don't think they've replaced much of that depth. But it's at Atlanta. Then New England and Dallas, both in Seattle, should be able to win those games. You go to Miami, and then you go home to Minnesota. My only problem with that is you're basically going from one corner of the United States to the other corner of the United States and then back home immediately for a tough game. You go tough game at home in Dallas, all the way to Miami, then all the way back from Minnesota. That's kind of that's kind of shitty. Like, that sucks. That really sucks. Um, then you're going to go to Arizona, San Francisco, Buffalo, 
Los Angeles Rams, Arizona, Eagles, Giants, Jets, okay? Little soft Redskins, three soft games, must-win games, really. But then you're going to go Rams and 49ers to end the year. So the, the Cardinals have this blitz run where they need to beat the Giants, the Jets, and the Redskins because they're sandwiched in between Bills, Rams, Cardinals, Eagles, and the front half of that sandwich and the back half is Rams, 49ers. I think it's going to – I think I – think, 10 wins. I think they should get to 10 wins, but that's a tough schedule, man. There's a lot of fucking brawlers in that. Uh, the Patriots should be worse, but the Cowboys, the Vikings, these are these are going to be good. These are at least talented teams. 49ers twice. Rams, they should beat the Rams twice. Uh, they struggle with the Rams, and then you get the Cardinals. So I think they should get over with 10, but that's a tough fucking schedule. It is a tough schedule. It's tough. But at the same time, we've seen so much consistency from the Seattle Seahawks. We don't normally see down years from Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Uh, I'm not going to go... I'm not going to go under double digits. I say they get to at least 10 wins. Uh, this is a good team. They're well coached. They were 7-1 and one on the road last year. Yep. Uh, I think that's a, a good indicator of how well they're coached. So I, I'm not going with 9. I'm not going under 9. So I have to go over. Over double, 9. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying at least 10-6. and six, Yep. Which yep. would be a step back from last year. Which would be a step back. And that's why I think it, it still should should mesh out. And now we have the the 49ers with 10 and a half wins their schedule the schedule kind of mirrors what the seahawks are um, they're going to start out with their easy parts in the beginning they're going to go cardinals jets giants right off the bat uh the interesting thing is they play the jets and the giants both in new york so they're going to play in the same stadium two weeks in a row for away games uh it's just a little interesting uh metlife stadium uh, then they're going to round. They're going to come back. That's probably good for them. I think it's. Stick I think around it's, in New York for a little while. I agree. I think it's great for them. So you're going to start at home against Arizona, which you you need to win. Let's be honest. It's not a must win, but you need to win that game. Um, kind of put the Cardinals below you, so you can you can move forward. Then you go Jets, Giants. You can start off three and zero because then you're going to go. They have a three game home stretch, which should just boost their record. Eagles tough. That's going to be that's going to be a fucking great game. Uh, so they have the Eagles, which is a primetime game. It looks like 8, 820 um, on Sunday. And then you've got the Dolphins at home, the Rams at home. You go at New England and then at Seattle. That's a tough little trip. Again, you're going to hit two corners of the map of the United States. Then you're going to come back home for Green Bay. Tough fucking game. Then they've got to go to New Orleans. Then they get a bye week in week 11. And they round their schedule out now with... The Rams, the Bills, the Redskins, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. I'll be honest with you, I don't see 10 wins on this schedule. Ooh, you're going under? I'm going at 10, I'm taking the under. I actually really like the under. I'm going to go over. And I'm going to go over because, uh, I mean, not only are... Do that. I think they have the best offense and they have the best defense in the division. But last season they were five and one in the division. You know, so if they're going to do that again, and there's no reason to think that they can because none of the other three teams dramatically improved. You know, uh, if they're going to do that again, then they're halfway. You know, just in the division. So I, I have to go over on ten and a half. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to. Uh... You last year they're six and two. At home, they're seven and one on the road. They're yep. five and one within the division. They're ten and two versus the NFC. Uh, I mean, unless they're going to fall off dramatically, I I think that they're 
they're a lock to be over ten. Well, they did. They did have a terrible record the year before, so they got to play everyone's dregs. This year, they play. Ah, everyone. yeah, that's true. They play that's everyone's true. best, and and that means you know they were playing the whole division last year, so they ended up playing the Saints. But that, that's why they have the Packers and the Saints on their schedule this year, and those are both going to be good teams. Uh, they they go to New Orleans where they won last year. They get Green Bay at home. You know, for right now, I just see. I'll tell you what I don't like about their schedule. I don't like their their way their travel set up. I do like the early season at New York uh, at Giants because um, you're going to be able to run them back to back, and they should start out three and zero. I I think the Philly and the Dolphins and the Rams back to back to back. I I see a loss in there, so they're probably sitting at five and one. You go to New England, to Seattle, six and two. Uh, Packers and Saints. Those are both going to be tough games. If they push them, they're seven and three. Rams, Bills, Redskins. Let's say they're four. And, I, I think they yeah. could easily go three and zero oh in that stretch that you just named. Yeah. So if they do that, they're ten and three there, and they end their season with at Dallas, at Cardinals, at Seahawks, which they're ten and three at that point in time. If they win one of those three, they move up. Uh, I don't know. For me, those three. That, that's where it comes down to. You're either going to make it or break it right there. You're either going to, you know, at Dallas going to be tough. Dallas going to be fighting for playoffs. Arizona, the, you're going to be fighting for the playoffs week 15, 16, 17. So uh, where you're seeding. And all, I expect all those teams at least in the hunt with the seventh wild card added. So I, I'm just going to take the hot take and take the over, uh, take the under. And I'm going to say that uh, we could see the Seahawks back on top of this division. So. I wouldn't be surprised. I think, honestly, with San Fran and with Seattle, they're both going to be in double-digit wins, in my yep. opinion. Uh, I don't know who's going to come out ahead of the other, but I have them both double digits. It's going to be a dogfight. So, looking at uh, looking at that, I really think this is going to be one of the most fun divisions to follow. Um, and and I, I'm not expecting too many surprises. I think, uh, I think things should land... You know, injuries are a big part of this, but with COVID, I really think that a lot of things are going to stay the same, and there hasn't been a ton of time for players uh, and coaches to group think towards ideas, and I think that hurts. I think uh, losing the ability to group think in rooms, breaking down film has hurt. Assuming people are playing by the rules, I, I do not believe that everyone's playing by the rules, but we'll see. Um, I want to do one thing before we go. Uh, I have, I think, my first bet of the year I'm about to lock in. Um, and I was looking at, we talked about it, uh, we talked about it, uh, coach of the year candidates and how they all have incredible odds right now. But I want to throw this by you and see how you feel about it. You can take Mike McCarthy, Sean McDermott, Mike Tomlin, and Kevin Stefanski. And Kevin Stefanski is the one I've kind of got on the ropes. You can take them all. For a hundred bucks a piece, and make four and a half to one on your money. So you, M- Mike McCarthy's twelve to one. Sean McDermott and Kevin Stefanski are twenty to one, and Mike Tomlin's twenty-six to one. You can take all four of those coaches. So you're getting the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Bills, and the Browns for Coach of the Year, and you get it at four to one if you put a hundred on each of them. For me, I really fucking love that. I, I love the narratives for each one of those teams. Bills win that division, right? Patriots step right. down. Sean McDermott. 
Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger comes back. He led them through the fire last year. This is the year they give him it. They go, you know, let's say that Ben comes back healthy and they go 11-5. and five Or, you know, we could see Coach of the Year go to wild card teams. Um, or they win that. Let's say that it, everything clicks for them. They win that division. Mike Tomlin's in the front seat. Something happens with the Browns where they even make the playoffs and turn it around. Kevin Stefanski is going to be in order. And if the Cowboys win their division, Mike McCarthy will be coach of the year from from where they were with Jason Garrett. So you can get all four of them for four and a half to one. Let me tell you, man, I'm putting money on Mike McCarthy this year. Yeah, He, he is getting some of my money because, like you say, if the, if the Cowboys win, the, don't let the Cowboys get a first-round bye. I know. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> that race is over. Well, that's, and that's why I'm like, look, you can kind of you can pick up on a couple other stories and throw them in there. Um, and for me, that that's just – you can get all four of them. So I'm going to be putting uh, 400 total, 100 on each of them, combine them all at a four to one. That's going to be my first official lock of the year. I do like Tomlin as well. I like Tomlin. I'm not sure about uh, about McDermott because I'm not convinced that the Bills are going to win the division. I know that everything's primed for them to win the division, but uh, until New England actually falls off, I, in my brain, Stidham is still going to come out here and do his thing this year, so I need to see it to believe it. Yep. Yep, I, I don't believe in Stidham. That's why I, I like the Sean McDermott. <laughs> uh, but No, but I, I'm saying, though, like I think that Stidham is going to come out and do his thing. Oh, so you think I don't he's think gonna... that it's a lock that the Bills that the division belongs to the Bills this year. No, I think the my problem is that the Bills have the worst quarterback out of any of them, which is why if they win, that's why I'm not a believer. Yeah, yeah, I think it for me. I look at it going, hey, if they make if they if they do take that division and Josh Allen kind of looks like poop, that's another reason to give it to Sean McDermott because you go, yeah, because I think the, I think the Bills have a defense that rivals the Patriots, and they've got better skill positions than anyone else. In that division, it's just Josh Josh Daniels, Josh Allen. Sorry, uh, Josh Allen is a is a running back. So I, he's more of a. I think he'd be a good tight end. He's got good athletic ability, bad decision making. So yeah, top to bottom, the Bills have the best roster in the division. Yeah, I just I don't trust it. <laughs> I don't. I don't trust. Yeah, I know. It's it's one of those. I'm gonna stand on a limb. All right. Uh, any parting thoughts, Leo? Um, no, I'm good. I. I'm looking forward to getting started on the AFC. The AFC is really where I, you know, I'm very invested in the AFC. Yep, and we'll be picking that up next week. I'm not sure which division we'll start with, but we'll talk about that offline. Uh, Before we go, I want to call out one thing. We've been talking about trying to get uh, more awareness to uh, black-owned or minority-owned companies. Uh, this one, let's hit them with a, where their wallets are. Unite, One United Bank, uh, the nation's largest black-owned and FDIC-insured bank, um, it, owned operated so please uh if you're looking for a new bank there's one to put your money money makes the world go around vote with your dollar uh that's a good business i don't know if we'll call it a small business but uh that is a business that is black owned that you can support so till next time we'll be meeting next week uh, i gave you two pods this week this will be out uh, later today i should have it all chopped up and ready to go um, you can find me on pick and play 37 on twitter Uh, You can find us on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, follow us. Leo, people can find you where? Uh, At Pick and Scroll on Twitter, pickandscroll.com. And like Matt said, share, subscribe, rate. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell everyone. All right, everyone. 
Well, everyone stay safe out there. Go be a social change you want to see in the world. Look in the mirror like Michael Jackson said and be the person you want to see in the world. So thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time.